Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth, presented by Kimball Livestock Exchange and by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. My guest today is Dr. Dennis Toddy. He's the director of the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Midwest Climate Hub in Ames, Iowa, and the former state climatologist for South Dakota. We'll hear from him after this. Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on Cattle USA. Visit KimballLivestockExchange.com to view upcoming sale information. For more sale information or to consign, call the barn at 605-778-6211, Chad at 605-870-0697, or Wade at 605-730-1801. Dr. Toddy, let's begin by having you explain what exactly a USDA climate hub is. It is an entity created by USDA. Uh, There are 10 of them nationally to deal with regional climate issues and their impact uh, and the impact climate is having on, uh, you know, the, the regional agricultural systems. So that we focus on working with the, you know, what our regional systems are, obviously, uh, in our region, in the Midwest, we cover an eight-state region, Michigan to, uh, excuse me, Michigan and Ohio over to Minnesota and Missouri. Uh, so that eight-state region, there's a lot of corn and beans, so we deal with that, but we deal with other other issues. Uh, South Dakota is actually in the Northern Plains Climate Hub, so we still service part of South Dakota, helping out with the corn and bean areas. Uh, but the rangeland issues are focused on by the, the, the Northern Plains folks. So our goal is to help deliver information, develop information, tools, whatever it is to help agriculture deal with a changing climate and stay as as resilient and productive as we can be. Sounds simple, but the reality... It sounds simple? Yes, that's exactly (laughs) it. You have changing conditions, you have varying conditions, and they impact different types of crops differently. So corn and beans are one thing. One other issue that we deal with in our region is we do have some perennial crops, some tree fruits and things in the the eastern part of our area, Michigan and Ohio. They're struggling with uh, problems with spring freezes, the, the warming winters, the trees break dormancy a little earlier and they're susceptible to spring freezes. So that's a different set of issues than we deal with with corn and soybean producers who are, God, it's wet again and we're having problems getting our corn and beans in, uh, that sort of thing. So it's a wide range, but it's fun to deal with uh, all the different kinds of issues uh, in agriculture. What's, uh, what are we seeing for the region for drought, for the overall kind of drought outlook right now? Well, for parts of the Northern Plains, it's, it's like a tale of two cities. You look at where we were last year at this point and where we, were, where we are this year. Uh, you know, to the north, especially North Dakota, uh, which had terrible drought issues and parts of South Dakota had terrible drought issues last year. Um, conditions are much wetter this year and in some cases were too wet. Uh, but if you know if you look at South Dakota right now, most of the southwestern part of South Dakota, uh, and then the southern part of you know the, so that's most of West River and the southern part of East River are in some form of drought. Um, most of it D1. There is a little bit of D0 abnormally dry, like Pier would be in the D0 abnormally dry, and there are some bigger drought issues. Let's put it that way. Just northwest of Pier, uh, West River, we're in D2. 
levels of drought. And then if you get down along the Missouri River, right along the Nebraska border, uh, there's some more serious drought issues there. But much of northeastern South Dakota, you know, is still in, in pretty good shape uh, with the additional rainfall they've had. Now, we are continuing to watch this closely because of the very warm conditions that we've had. And, uh, you know, when you have very warm conditions, that increases the crop water use or, or how quickly uh, crops are going to use so water out of the soil. So that can change the situation, make the situation worse more quickly. So we're, we're monitoring that very quickly. Uh, we also have some concerns. Uh, you know, this is not something we deal with regularly, but the, the fire issues in the western part of the state with that drying going on and, and uh, you know, the warmer, drier conditions can help lead to easier fire starts. So there's concerns on that end also. I've heard mention a few times in a few different locations of the country of a flash dry drought developing. What is a flash drought versus when we're saying drought? Okay. It, it's great that that term is getting out there, but it, it's we don't want to, to give people more concern. At the end of the day, flash drought is not any different from regular droughts. The impacts are still the same. When the flash part of it refers to uh, drought progressing more quickly, you know, sometimes we think about uh, you know, we have a longer-term dry period, and we kind of gradually get worse and gradually get worse, uh, especially during the summertime when we expect to have more rainfall. And when conditions are hotter, the times when you don't get rainfall and you have warm conditions, you get progressively worse in drought more quickly. And that's where we talk about the flash part of it. So at, at the end of the day, you know, the, the impact of flash drought is the same as regular drought. It's just indicating that things are getting worse more quickly. And that can happen, you know, pretty quickly uh, around the region. Because, you know, for, for example, um, you know, if, if you have a corn, you know, if you have corn plants growing, then the hottest conditions, very warm, windy, dry conditions, uh, you know, a corn plant can use, you know, a quarter to a third of an inch of water in a day. So if you think about that, um, if, you, if you think about that situation, uh, that's why you can get into problems very quickly. Because, uh, you know, if you do that math over a week, you can use, you know, two inches, of, you know, up as much as two inches of water in a week. And that can move along very quickly if you're not getting additional rainfall to put back in the soil. You say the flash part comes in when it's developing more quickly. More quickly than what? It's just trying to indicate, you know, like problems we're having in the southwestern U.S. are, are longer term to very long, long-term long drought issues, seasonally or annual kinds of things. When you're talking about flash drought, you're talking about conditions worsening on the order of weeks, where you go from nothing on the drought monitor to, you know, two categories worse over a three-week period or something like that. That's what we're talking about. The 30-day outlook as far as the weather models, precip, temperature, what are we seeing in the weather models? I'm going to give you a little bit of good news on a shorter-term period, uh, looking at the 8- to 14-day uh, well, okay, we're going to go to the 6 to 10 day. The 6 to 10 day time period in the Northern Plains actually has a little better chance of being below average. You know, so we're talking about, you know, a week to a week and a half out. We're going to see a little bit of easing in, in, the, in the way of temperatures. As we get into uh, the 8 to 14 day and then the 30 day, it does look like more, it does look more likely that the warmer than temperatures are going to return and uh, that, that, that easing will be just short-lived and we're going 
going to get back to warmer temperatures. And then uh, also on the downside is the precipitation chances uh, still lean towards the dry side. It's not a, you know, it's not a strong indication. We did, it's, it's just a, a tilt towards drier conditions. You know, there still have been storms bringing precipitation through. So what, what I expect to see happen is there will probably still be storms come through and give some people rainfall, but not everyone will probably get rainfall uh, as we're, you know, looking into that uh, 30-day time period. Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you, but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to chute, AeroQuip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. AeroQuip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. At least here in the the central part of South Dakota, Pier and Pier proper in particular, we've received some decent rains up up to this point and missed out on some of the the violent, severe, high wind, derecho, aboob situations. I don't know. The weather just seems like it's been a little more violent the last with the way some of the storms hit and the way some of these summer storms and tornadoes are going. Or maybe that's just in my head. Well, first off, that's what you want is you want to get some thunderstorms, but not get gets too much hail or strong winds or, or more severe parts of it, you just want the rain out of it. We have had some fairly large events. Uh, you know, there was a derecho that moved out of South Dakota, moved northeast of the pier area, uh, came down to southeast South Dakota, and then you South Dakota folks were nice and shared with us here in Iowa, moved across northern Iowa. Fortunately, the, the damage on the crop side was not too widespread. Things seem to have recovered. The pier area did get some, some excuse me, the uh, Sioux Falls area to get some 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 damage out of that there have been some larger events assessing the trend in larger events or bigger storms is a tougher thing to do because we don't have as good a detail on storm events going back decades to a century like we do temperature and precipitation so you are correct there have been some larger events that have been fairly damaging and uh, it's something that we're continuing to track and trying to help people understand and 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 be ready for uh when they uh you know when they when they do occur hopefully uh, not too many more of those this year so that uh from a crop standpoint you can you can finish things up but we certainly have to keep an eye on those just to just to be safe the advantage uh, as we get to the latter part of summer is the severe weather season starts to ease we get fewer thunderstorms and they tend to be less severe as the year goes on but again during any time during the warm season you can get uh, you know can't get severe weather out of a thunderstorm anything else you want to add today unfortunately the drought is probably going to hang with us into the fall uh, as we get into the fall, you know, the drier conditions may be hanging with us, in, in, you know, into harvest time. So that's something we'll need to keep an eye on. You should get decent dry down in, uh, in crops. But if it stays too dry, we'll have to be concerned about those fire issues as we go along. That's about where we are right now. With Agriculture In-Depth brought to you by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier and Kimball Livestock Exchange, I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.